0: Aaron Sanchez, friend, it's yeah. good to see. Good to see you. This is not your first time. Your first rodeo on this podcast. Um, I think we've met. I think. Oh, well, I mean, we've worked together for many years, but I think you've been on the podcast before. And I had um, Aaron, the other Aaron, your your, your lesser half, Aaron uh, Dyer, and Rara uh, uh, Rara Gabor, Lala, on the podcast a couple weeks ago to talk about your your new release. And um, listening through the stuff. You know, I had a I had a great chat with, with the two of them about just influences and the process and stuff, but I was really curious to talk to you because listening to Lala's stuff, listening, knowing what I know about you guys and um, your process, I'm, I'm just really curious. Like, I was struck at how different the album sounded compared to, like, our collaboration, and I, I say that, of course, that's going to be the fucking case, you know, <laughs> but there were surprises in there. There were things that I recognized, and there were just some... some uh, influences from Lala that I was, I was kind of curious to talk to you about. Um, but, but before we do that, I'm kind of curious just to get your sort of temperature, like what, what's your thoughts on the collaboration? What are you psyched about? What is new? What, what was new for the two of you? I mean, forget about Lala for two seconds, but like, what was new uh, for the two of you coming into this collab? Cause this is sort of like, you guys uh, started talking with her pandemic towards the end of the pandemic. And now we're like, I don't, we're not out of it, but like, the world's opening up again, and I'm kind of curious if, like, what your thoughts were in this collab uh, at this particular time.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the actual collaboration occurred before pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and it really came out of we performed with her a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. or even like a year before that, I think, and just started its on and off discussion about doing something. Together, either performing or, you know, let's do some tracks or something like that.
0: What was the context of your first uh, time playing together? I mean, I know like so and so and buke We just got kind of shoved together for a, a oh yeah yeah a yeah. But, like- so we didn't
1: actually play together. Oh, okay. just, she she opened for us at uh, Mercury Lounge, I think. Okay. Um, and that was great, and she's amazing. Um, so yeah, we you know, we've been wanting to collaborate more with people like we did with you and just like, kind of like break us out of our kind of like shell mold that we have. That's very like, (laughs) it's very the thing that we do, you know? Um, So that, I mean, this project was, it was really simple. It was just like, we have, like Aaron and I have tons of tracks, Mm -hmm. lots of improv sessions that we always record. Mm -hmm. So we just have like loads of material. Mm -hmm um that we can just like oh what's this session two hour session of stuff you know and we can just like go in there and like oh here's a tune or here's something here's an idea or a Mm groove or something Mm -hmm. um so we, we had a handful of those that we liked and just sent them to lala
0: um as finished pieces, or as sort of like, here's thirty seconds we liked. Here's ten seconds. Here's four minutes. Totally, like, they were just
1: like grooves,
0: okay. were, you know, because they were
1: just like kind of like coming out as a, from a more hip hop perspective. Yeah, so I mean, that's here's, that's here's the
0: thing. That's one of the things I was. I, I want you to drill down on a little bit because that's you know. So we don't. I'm sorry to keep comparing this to our collab, but like I was struck by the the level of like the foundation upon which the collab it sat more heavily on hip hop than it did. I would say, like experimental music or avant-garde percussion, which is kind of the world we were in. And I'm kind of curious, like what what was what was what was the, what was the easy part of that approach, and what was the hard part, if there was one. Um, it's not a loaded uh, question. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm just curious. What was the
1: easy part? I mean, it, I would say the whole the whole thing was pretty easy. Because it, it really was just like, we had these grooves. We always have grooves.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: it's like, and, and the, the grooves that we gave her, they were not like necessarily hip-hoppy. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I think one's not in 4-4. Right, right. Right? right? Um, but she responded to a handful of them. Mm-hmm. And then we actually went to her place with the track. And just, she freestyled for like mm-hmm. a couple hours. Over Ooh. the track. And we recorded her. Um, so it was really just, like, her responding to the thing. And then um, I think we re-recorded some of Aaron's vocals. Because also the bed of those tracks are the improv session.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, Aaron might be singing, I think, I forget which track it is now. It might be the first one.
0: Is it Taste so, Up? Is that the... I boom. think
1: it's Taste Up. Okay. Where Aaron is actually singing... No words in the actual bed of the track, but then we layered her actually singing like with a clear recording of her voice with words. Okay. Um, And then, of course, Lala is like laid on top of that too. Um, I don't know. There wasn't really anything difficult
0: about. I guess. I guess what I want. Trying to think of what the motive for my like what the hard part was when I when I think of my own. Like, well, well, like, I don't come from a hip hop background, so like, I, I remember, you, you know, at the questions I was like, well, I'm about to ask Lala a question about her background, and I have no foundation. Like, I was like, <laughs> man, I wish she was a Trinidadian artist; I could at least connect it to something, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, like, I think I, you know, we did a, a collaboration with Shota K Talaferro, who comes from a beatboxing background, and I, you know, when I entered into that world, there was a lot of stuff. I was just like, is it okay to do this? Is this? Like, what's appropriate in beatboxing? And there was a lot of time he was just like, who cares? Like, this is, what are you talking about? What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? And I'm curious, like, did you, I'm guessing you have a little bit more of knowledge and foundation of hip hop than maybe I do, but like, was there any, were there any dissonances with those two worlds when they collided? You were like, oh, we have to figure this out because there's, there's a tradition in hip hop. There's a tradition in what we do or what you guys do. Like, was there any conversations around that? Like,
1: no. (laughs) great i love that that's that's awesome like the way the way i approach like i also like i'm yeah i have a pretty good you know historical knowledge of of hip-hop and it's been an interest of mine Mm -hmm. for years since like i was a kid um and the way i think about if we're talking about like um these two different worlds coming together Mm -hmm. what aaron and i do um like coming from a more experimental and like, I don't know what the hell we're doing kind of approach. Um, I I am super stoked on layering or combining worlds Mm. like that. So it's like, you know, I want to hear like, like we do a lot of odd time signatures and I'm like, let's get some like rappers on top of that. Like what, what is, Mm. what does a rapper do in nine, eight? You know, like, which is something like we never hear.
0: Like, well, know? and I'm just going to ask a question out of pure ignorance. Like, is there, are there hip hop artists? And again, like hip hop is even just like, that's the broadest brush I can use for a genre of me. Like there's a million different sure, nuances yeah, yeah. to that label, but like, is there, are there hip hop artists or rappers who, who have done that or are doing it right now, but maybe just aren't as known? Like who's the most experimental hip hop artist out there right now? Like Kendrick Lamar comes to mind for me, but I don't, I don't actually know if like he's experimenting with different time signatures. I just heard that album "Damn" and I was like, okay, that seems to me like a new thing, and I don't know why. But like, can you explain to me? Talk to me like I'm two here.
1: Well, yeah, I bring that up because specifically, specifically because I haven't really found any. Okay. <laughs> but but it is something that I, I always think about. I'm like, you know, I I, I want to hear that and and, and um. I need to, I should explicitly search that out because I'm sure there's someone doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some people, Mm -hmm. but they're not the popular people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, do you know Clipping? No. That band, um, so it's... um, I barely
0: uh, know who Bach is, bro, so don't assume I know. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm out of the loop, man.
1: Um, What's his name? He played played, um, Lafayette. In Hamilton.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. My wife's obsessed with that, so now i Yes, of course. Yeah. What's his name?
1: (laughs) He's famous. He's an actor and everything. Anyway, his band is pretty experimental. He has this project with two other guys. Mm -hmm. They're kind of hip-hop. It's pretty out there. It Mm -hmm. can get pretty out there. Um, And, of course, he's super fast. You know? Like, he fills in. Um, They... I haven't paid attention to their time signatures because a lot of it gets really ambient, but I'm sure they're playing around with some of that, Mm -hmm. but he's an influence for sure. Um, I'm into a lot of the like newer trap kind of mumble stuff. Mm. I think it's
0: pretty weird. You said trap and mumble and I, and those are two things I've heard lumped together. Um, Like I heard a whole thing with Snoop Dogg going, going just trolling the mumblers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of people hate it. But, But, um,
0: I see it, I I see it in, I mean, it's a sound you make with your mouth, just like sprechstimme or something else, you know, like, and it can be done well and not done well. And I'm, you know, so I, I'm, there's no value judgment there, but I've, I've heard trap and mumble lumped together a lot. And I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, I think they call it mumble because it's really hard to understand what they're saying. mm -hmm, Uh mm -hmm. Um, and it's like coded language and stuff. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, some of that is cool. I'm, I'm interested in some of the production techniques there with trap and stuff, and the way they're they're like combining really like like these uh, atmospheric textures mm-hmm. as the harmonic content,
0: mm-hmm. and then there's this beat. Right, know. right, right. Well, that's I mean, uh, one of the things that's that has always struck me about particularly like gay style projects and the way they're produced and they sound not only live on stage, but on a record, I've always sort of like, if someone made me draw a picture of the way you mix stuff, I would be like, there's three very clear lines. And then there's a lot of purposeful, like uh fuzz or there's grit or patina on the way that you, like, you never have just a clean drum sound. I mean, maybe you do, but like there's Mm -hmm. some, something you put on stuff, whether it be Aaron's vocals, putting chorus effects on it. like, when I think of hip hop records again, I'm painting with a broad brush here. I think very clean sounds like you mm-hmm. listen to the chronic or you listen to like the old, like the it's so there's like the hi-hat, all that stuff is really crystalline. And I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. like listening to you and Lala together, her vocals have that thing, but you there's still that buke and gaze edge there. And I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. like, how conscious are you of that? And is that something that just aesthetically is in your wheelhouse and you've just always had that in your ear? Or like what? what's the conscious versus subconscious uh, uh, thought process as you're mixing stuff mm-hmm. and producing?
1: Yeah, I think historically we have a lot of fuzz and kind of like expanding of sounds and like... Yeah, well... We're or like, or like bringing out... What we do a lot is is try to... And it doesn't always work, but like, uh, like every sound is like in the full frequency range in some way. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's, not,
1: it's not just the kick drum. There's like some high-end content to it
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: interesting or distorted or like adding something. And I, I think that just came out of us only being two people, but wanting to sound huge. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like what can we do sonically with our, our guitars and like the percussion stuff and the voice to just fill it out as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we go too far with that and it doesn't always work when I listen back on on Mm -hmm. some of our older things. I'm like, I wouldn't do it that way now, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think coming into the Lala project, we just, we were delivering that kind of sound already. So that's, that's why it's already there. Um, it would be fun to, um, start something really from scratch with her because it this mm. was kind of, this was more of a like a mashup a little bit. Right. It was like we we had some things already fleshed out and then she did her thing on top of it. Um so yeah, it would be fun to to do a fresh new thing. And it w- would sound different.
0: How how much of the back and forth between um, and maybe this is a loaded a loaded question. How much of the back and forth between the, the Buke and Lala was like, were there some tracks that were like 90% Lala brought in the stuff and was like, this is an idea I have? What do you all think? How much of it was you all bringing stuff to the table and her just doing lyrics? Like, when I think of versions of collaboration that either we've had or we, you know, So's had with Caroline Shaw or Don Upshaw or whatever, like that process looks massively different depending on who it is that we're working with. And I'm, and this is not, I'm not asking the question to be like, Oh, well, Lala did all the work or Aaron did all the work. Like what, how did that look just day to day in terms of like, let's say taste up, for example, like what was, how did that start? And how did that end? Cause there's a, she, she did a remix of it, right? Like there's a redux at the end of the album of taste up. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And that's something I did.
0: You did. Okay. All right.
1: That was kind of like last minute. Um, we wanted to fill out the out, the EP a little bit more, mm-hmm. so I just took Taste Up and made my own production. Okay, so all right. Just using, using her same vocal, but totally different. Right. So so that's an example of, of, like, if we were to start from scratch with her, it would sound probably more like that. <laughs> but uh, also yeah. that is is coming. Why like, you- I have my own solo side thing
0: yeah.
1: called DN Rez that sounds more like that stuff. Uh, it's, more, it's more beat heavy. It's all in the computer. Okay. There's no live thing. So, so I just kind of like brought those skills into that track.
0: I see. Okay. All right. All right. And the, the side project is completely separate from what you're doing with Lala? Yeah. And that's, is it all solo stuff? I'm, pardon my ignorance there. Yeah. It's all solo.
1: Okay. Uh, I, do, <laughs> I do dive into um, Buchan Gaze like folders. For sounds,
0: <laughs> well, you're allowed to. So, you're-
1: so like, so like, I'll I'll like dive into Aaron's vocal tracks and pull stuff up. Okay. So some of it you will hear her voice, highly mangled and like processed and like turned into something else.
0: Okay, all right. Um, well, like in terms of like, uh, well, getting back to like the songwriting right. process, like what, how does how does it like? Let's put put yourself in the in the in the shoes of a student at NYU right now who's like, I love and Gays and I've been listening to Ra Ra Gabor ever since she hit the thing, like. I wanna know how how did you write a song? Like
1: Yeah. Well it's it's like I said, like it, it all happened in one day, basically. So so we I mean beforehand we, we sent her tracks, she picked the ones that she was interested in working on, and then we went to her house with a mic and just and she just wrote the lyrics and, and freestyled and came up with a bunch of different ideas mm-hmm. like over a couple hours. And then we took them home. And edited it, and uh, and then sent it back to her, and like got approval and all that kind of stuff. So that was the process. It wasn't wasn't a lot of time.
0: Was there any moment where there was like a disagreement? I mean, again, like I'm not fishing for like drama here. I'm just like. I don't want to give the perception that – you make it sound way too easy, bro. I know that there was – it wasn't – I know for a fact you didn't just email her stuff and then she went back and was like, this was great. Put it on Bandcamp. Like well, That's, that's how it was actually. God, I hate you, Aaron. You're the worst interviewer – interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the only drama – there was a little bit of drama. So um, Aaron, uh, sh- like coming out of her vocal thing, she started to join Lala. This is so this is after Lala recorded her part okay and then, and then Aaron like kind of like joined in with her while she was rapping on the outro I think mm-hmm. I think I've um, taste up mm-hmm. and then but then Lala wasn't so happy with that so we just cut it that was like the. That's like the
0: most of the drama. Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> At least we got some yeah, drama out of it. You know, I, you know the drama of two vocalists fighting. It's like ah, that's that's old drama. We know that drama. That's, that's super old. <laughs> like, yeah. And was it? And again, I'm not prying for Aaron here, but like, was it that she was, try, like, she was attempting to to do something that Lala had a. I mean, because I don't think of Aaron as a hip hop artist. I think of Aaron as a brilliant, genius gem of a, a singer, but. I could imagine a situation where someone like Lala, who's like just total beast on that front and being like, Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, like, yeah,
1: it was kind of like that. I okay, mean, I was right. like, yeah, we could try that, you know, like let's send it to her and see what she thinks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she wasn't into it and we're like, cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I, again, like I'm glad that you, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad you said that because I think, I think it's just, it's good that I'm glad that Aaron tried that and kind of had a moment mm-hmm. of butting your head against the wall because I see. Well, you. with
1: Aaron, with Erin, she has tons of ideas. Yeah. So, like, you know, we were recording her part, and she just like kept, co- you know, coming up with more things. Um, so, but that was there, and then we were like, well, let's see what Lala thinks because she might right. not be into. it.
0: Yeah, and because I think you know, those are those are questions. Um, I mean, I do have a, an agenda here a little bit. Those are questions that I get asked all the time by students. Of like, not just students, my colleagues are talking about what is appropriation and how do you how do you deal, how do you work in other, other genres without being dismissive, but also being respectful and, and also wanting to learn. And, and like, you know, Lala strikes me as somebody who is happy to, to show and to teach. And she seems very generous as a person, but um, I think I'm just saying, I, I'm glad you said that because it's a good example of, hi, this is, I, I love what you do. And then, but you have to have a conversation and Lala has the right to say, ah, maybe that doesn't work. And Aaron is a mature person and can be like, eh, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think that, I mean, I, I, I have those conversations when I'm playing steel drums in Trinidad, like all of those things I think are just important sort of things to talk about when you're, when you're collabing with, with other Are, are you talking about culturally? Culturally, um, but not even, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess culturally is something that I think of when I think of hip hop, I think of a specific demographic of people who, mm-hmm. That hip hop was born out of historically a lot of you know poverty and uh, different types of oppression and uh, using resources around you, beatboxing, sampling things that you could you could physically manipulate with very low cost, relatively yeah. speaking. Beatboxing, you don't need a drum set anymore. You can mimic the sounds with your mouth, and yeah. I think it's
1: like I, a level of creativity that comes out of that scenario,
0: you know, right. And, situation. and now I think it's important as we think about this stuff, we're far enough removed from that to now see hip hop rightfully so as a genre of music that should stand up with, you know, Brahms as like, this is important stuff that's happening right now. Right. Mm-hmm. To forget about the fact that it came out of this, you know, and you can sort of, we're in this weird nether region where you can approach it. It's like, well, oh, it's been around forever. I'm just going to do it like I do with Brahms or whatever, you know, right. and Anyway.
1: Without thinking of like ownership and like.
0: Right. And where, where it's coming from. I think for students to, to look up to folks like you all and see that collaboration happening organically and happening without like flamethrowers being brought out and, you know, you know uh-huh. accusing people of, of, of appropriation or anything like that. I think those are the things I think in collaborations that, that just nobody sees. And I wish there was like. I wish there was a security camera footage of the three of you talking about all this stuff that we could also just see. Like, like you collect all of your improvs and it's just in a data bank. Like, I wish there was video of seeing those moments where you're like having to sit in the awkward silence for two minutes and wait for someone to talk. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't spend enough time together to like mm-hmm. get into that. But like, it, it just seemed, and it wasn't really like. Yeah, I felt like the things that we sent to Lala were so so not hip-hop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah <laughs> kind of, yeah. And, and like weird, and it was refreshing to just see her be like, yeah, I'm into this one, and right. it's like not in 4-4, and it's right. like, and right. it's, and it's weird, and it sounds like us, and like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen there,
0: you know? Well, so what what is your plan now? I mean, so you've done this stuff basically, for lack of a better word, remotely, um, you know, what, what's your plan moving forward? I mean, I, you've sort of hinted at that, like, yeah, if we could just do this, if we could get in the room and like, not that the old collab or the, this recent collab is not cool, but like, are you going to try to tour that? Or are you looking to do a new project? Are you looking to then tour that? Or like, you don't know, like, what's the plan with, with,
1: uh, we have everything? no clue what's going on. <laughs> we, we've, I think Aaron and I have both been like busy with other projects and work and stuff and like pandemic and everything. we just kind of like, we haven't we haven't performed in a year and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no plans on touring the stuff with Lala. Um, we do have another EP worth of, worth of material, just be and stuff that's mm-hmm. going to come out later this year, hopefully.
0: Just the two um, of you? No, no other just collaborators. The,
1: just the two of us. Okay. Also, sounding pretty different.
0: I'll so, say. so like
1: I, 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 I was. Told you about my solo thing, DN Res. Like I've been doing that a bunch mm-hmm. in the past couple of years, and that's like heavily influenced like how I'm working on music. Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, Aaron is kind of like also like moving away from the way Buekengeist was doing our mm-hmm. stuff. And I think we're a little, you know, we, we were we had a lot of adherence to our tools, like mm-hmm. to the instruments and the way we were performing and stuff. And I think we're we're kind of like we need to take a break from that for a bit mm. and like try some other methods, either adding people or just like other ways of producing stuff. So the the next EP is kind of representing that. And like most of it is like,
0: I'm not playing the case at all. You know, you bite your tongue, Aaron, how the, no, huh? no, you bite your tongue. <laughs> the world, there's going to be a rip in the space time continuum if you don't play the case. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you said this because, there's something that I've, I've I feel like I've clocked with Aaron Dyer. I'm also sort of mm-hmm. clocking with you, and I want you to tell me if I'm misdiagnosing stuff. In the time that I've known you, and again, I'm not looking for drama here. In the time that I've known the two of you, I think you guys I've I have sensed a sort of evolution of not just your you know just your personal relationships, but your artistic relationship has evolved and morphed and hit walls. You've broken through those walls. You've figured stuff out. You've taken time apart from each other in various respects. Mm -hmm. And in the way that both of you talk about the way you're working, there's like your eyes are, your eyes are just more open when you talk about it to me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like you're just sort of, you have like, like you're just scanning the field in front of you in a way that I haven't sensed in the past with the two of you. And I'm curious if I'm just out of my goddamn mind or whether or not I'm sensing something that, like, this new discovery, that, or this new way in working is sort of oddly refreshing to the two of you? Am I wrong? Like, am I misdiagnosing anything here?
1: Wait, but you're, you're saying something about a difference between how I'm
0: seeing it and how Aaron, the, How the two of you are seeing it together. Like, I, just the oh. way you're both talking about Bukengase as an entity oh. for collaboration, for Duo stuff for individual yeah. uh, opportunities like DN Rez and, and Aaron's Drone Choir. Like, I don't think any of those things would have existed if Buchan Gaze didn't exist. And I feel like I'm sensing a newfound sort of like appreciation for the entity of Buchan from the two of you. That's and you're thus also being freed up to do other things in this weird. It just feels like a moment right now that I'm seeing the two of you act about Buchan Gaze in a way I haven't seen you act before. And Uh I'm seeing that as a good thing. And I'm curious if, if I'm off base.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, nothing would exist (laughs) without you as a project and everything we've done. And like people we've met and like all of that has been amazing. Um, And yeah, I think we've, we've struggled along the way as far as like how we're doing it and why we're doing it. And like, you know, not wanting to be pigeonholed into like what the project is and like, should we change the name? Or are we like, mm-hmm. is it, are we evolving into something else? Is it still you can Get like all of these questions come up. Um, and now like, I think we've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter anymore. We don't care. It's just like we can do this, it can be beacon case or not, it can sound completely different and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like like i'm having we we were struggling more with these questions several years ago Mm -hmm. where it seemed more existential and like like we 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 wanted to work in a different way does that mean we're not the same band Mm -hmm. like what do we what do we do like how do we keep this going you know and now it's like i don't know after pandemic it's like whatever (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I don't, I I do want to give credit to the pandemic where, where credit is due. I do feel like it's sort of forced us all to be like, I know. in so percussion, the four of us, you know, are just sitting around being like, all right, time to answer some questions about why the fuck we're doing this. And, you know, are we, are we the same entity as we were before? Should we grow? Should we, should we atrophy in some areas so that we can grow elsewhere? Like, you know, sorts of things. And I, I, I'm, I asked the question because like, you know, I think you don't always, you're not always aware of, you know, mucing gaze as an entity. So percussion as an entity feels sort of like this, ah, we're just making it up, you know, and you have rules that you set for yourself up front and then you grow to the point where those rules aren't helpful anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like the year and a half prior to the pandemic, I, I was in green rooms with all of you and hearing conversations and, or maybe just having a conversation with one of you on the side and like hearing all these just like these moments of like, fuck, we're breaking these rules and I don't think we're a thing anymore. And oh my God, and there's no money and then the pandemic and now we're not touring. And mm-hmm. I see though the fact that you guys obsessed so hard early on is the reason that you're still existing after the pandemic. Like you, you can, you can say you don't care anymore because you cared so hard early on. Like you, yeah. have, you have that luxury, and I think for a lot of young students who are looking at what you guys do and are like, oh, I want to do that. It's like, okay, well, do you? You sure? Mm-hmm. You sure you want to? You sure you want to set a bunch of rules for yourself and then break them, and then be disappointed in yourself, and then have a great tour in Europe, and then feel like, oh, this is all right, good, we're good, and then be told you can't tour anymore for two years. Like, are you sure, <laughs> and. Yeah. And the, the, the rules thing is interesting because it's like, yeah,
1: we were – I think we were using this concept of rules or, like, some kind of system mm-hmm. in order to, to be different, you know, mm-hmm. in order to, like, expand or, like, try to, to, to put ourselves in a situation where we were forced to create in a new way, right? Mm-hmm. But then it becomes a thing, Right. you right. know, and then everyone, like, pays attention to the thing and not so much, like – The music maybe even, you know, it's like, it becomes like about our process and everything, which I'm super into process, I think is like Mm -hmm. really exciting for me and like a good tool to use to create, um, to like, like come up with a thing, like a scenario or an approach or a world that then like yields a thing. Um, but yeah, over time then it's like, Oh, we're, we're like, we built a shell for ourselves
0: and now you're <laughs> you responsible for we, it
1: <laughs> and like and like you know we yeah. we start changing in different ways and we're like but oh but we can't do that because that's not us or that's not how we you know then you're stuck in these rules and and then it becomes a problem and then you're like are we the thing anymore yeah but so i i think it'll be interesting the next tp because it sounds totally different than us how do people react to it? I mean, people are reacting in a certain way with this EP, with Lala.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so this is like a little prepper, in a way.
0: <laughs> <It's> the,
1: we're <laughs> different now.
0: <laughs> it's the appetizer to the the main course that is uh, yeah. completely, uh, they've never had before. Well, I mean, I think you're describing an ecosystem to me. Like, And I, I see the way that, like the ecosystem of the world that so entered into when we started working with you all, it's like, now we're, you know, hanging in the festival circuit and there's like, there's an ecosystem there in the way that artists work. And you guys have, you have not you're a planetary body now, and you're no longer <laughs> just dust sort of in a cloud. You are now a, you, you have a force that people look to. Um, but I think you guys are using, using your platform in a way that I think, is breaking rules still like, I mean the rules of like the idea that a hip hop artist couldn't walk on stage with you all and sing explicit lyrics that you would hear all the time in hip hop, but never in new music. Like that's a silly rule. Mm -hmm. And you and Lala should be at Carnegie hall doing taste up just like the Berlin Philharmonic or whoever, like that seems weird to say now, but Hopefully if people like you all keep breaking rules that in 20 years that's not weird. Yeah. You know. Well, flying
1: Lotus just played at Carnegie Hall. Right,
0: so. right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we open we opened for Flying Lotus at LPR like 15 years ago. Oh, and yeah. when like nobody knew who he was, but Ronan Javoni did. And so we we opened for like we were crumpling paper in a microphone. You know, just Nice. Wee, 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 wee. Thank you very when much. When was that? We we, oh, God, we opened was, for him too um, at LPR. Probably 2008 or 9. I mean, We did a project called Music for Trains, and Uh we played like three pieces from that. And it's all, you know, soft, jingly shit. And then Flying Lotus comes out, and it's just like, (laughs) and the the lights are shaking. And we're we're like, Ronan, why the fuck did you have us open up for him? Like, what what are you doing? It's like contrast, come on. And boy, was it, it was the yin and the yang, man. But, but I, yeah. And so it's great at that time, that was weird. Now it's not. Now Carnegie Hall has him on their masthead, you know, and so anyway, I just, I wanted to sort of like highlight some things that I I feel like I've noticed about the way you guys talk about your operating system and Mm -hmm. the way that just even the way the two of you talk about what you're doing, um, I'm just sensing a new sort of uh, energy in the room that I I really am enjoying, and the, and the collab with Lala is awesome. I'm going to check out DnRes more, and I'm psyched to see this new EP. Is there anything um, else in terms of like if folks are curious about learning more about about Lala or you know DnRes? Where can folks go to find out find this stuff? I know band, your Bandcamp stuff is is primarily where you guys are located.
1: Yeah, uh, DnRes. I'm on SoundCloud, um, and there is a Bandcamp page which I'm almost done setting up. Um, is it anywhere else? It's on my Instagram, Dan Rose. <laughs> I make little videos and put them up there. Okay. Um, and then Lala, I I know she has like an EP's worth of material. I don't know when it's going to come out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't heard it. I heard it's amazing. I, I helped her. I did a little production work on one of her tracks. um, but yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: she's, Alex she's... sent me, I, I don't know if it's out yet. Alex sent me a link to it and I listened through it's bonkers. Good. I mean, I oh, love, cool. I love like sampling and stuff and she does this, the, I don't remember the name of the track, but there's one track where she samples this real long clip of Muhammad Ali, um, doing his, like his banter, pre-fight mm-hmm. banter. And the track is just amazing. And, um, anyway, it's, it's really great. So I, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I heard it's really great. Yeah. I'm stoked for that.
0: Um, Well, Aaron, uh, I've robbed you of 43 minutes of your life and I'm very, very, very grateful for your generosity here. And, um, you know, the door is always open Uh, when the if if when this other stuff comes out, if you want to come back on and chat about it, I'm happy to. Um, Otherwise, um, please stay healthy and safe. And I'll look forward to chatting again soon. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid Drum. LiquidDrum.com down in Waco, Texas. Uh, my good friend Todd Meehan runs an amazing percussion company down there. Great merch, great content. Check him out. LiquidDrum.com. Also, Kyle Dunleavy. DunleavyPans.com. D-U-N-L-E-A-V-Y-Pans.com. Kyle Dunleavy makes and builds all the steel drums that I perform and teach on uh, in so percussion as well as at NYU and Princeton. Uh, He's an amazing, amazing tuner builder, um, just a really nice guy, very dependable. Check him out. If you are interested at all in steel pan advocacy, want to learn more about the goings-on in pan in Brooklyn, check out paninmotion.com. My good friend Kendall Williams, uh, Jerry Guy, Trisha Guy, and uh, Arisha John run an amazing organization called paninmotion.com. Check them out. And finally, Aleandre Mirage runs an amazing uh, clothing apparel company in Brooklyn that is steel pan centric. You can check him out at Mango Chow, C-H-O-W, clothing.com. I own a bunch of his shirts. They're amazing, very stylish, uh, beautiful, beautifully made. Check them out. MangoChowClothing.com. Okay. Hope you're well. Talk to you soon. Bye.